Hello everyone. Hey, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad you joined me today and I trust you're getting into the swing of things with the new year. I know after the holidays, it always takes me a couple of weeks in January to get to get in the swing of the new year, but uh, I've kind of gotten in that now and, and ready to go. I hope you have too, and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you as we move on in into 2022. Hey, I'm going to talk to you today about an interesting subject. I'm going to talk to you uh, about giving gimmicks, giving gimmicks that preachers use some, sometimes, they shouldn't, to get your money. And uh, so the title, I guess if there was a title to this, to this message, I would, would title it this, Beware of Giving Gimmicks. And you know what a gimmick is, it's a trick. And sad to say, some ministers use gimmicks or tricks to try to get get God's people's money from them, and and it's sad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that today, and I trust it'll be uh, helpful to you. But before I do, I want to make it very clear that I believe in I believe in giving. I believe in tithing. You know, uh, tithing. You know, if you look at tithing, it, it was before the law. Abraham tithed. It was in the law. Nobody argues that. But did you know Jesus was a tither? You know, now he said that there were weightier matters in tithing, like love and and, and faith and so forth. And, but he said that those things ought to be done without leaving tithing undone. So I know Jesus was a tither. He was either a tither or a hypocrite. We know he wasn't a hypocrite. Uh, he was a tither. He told other people to tithe. So we know that he wouldn't, you know, he was a tither. He wouldn't ask somebody to do or tell somebody to do something that he wouldn't do. So Jesus was a tither. And, you know, you see tithing in the book of Hebrews. And so that's clearly in the New Testament. So, you know, uh, you have tithing before the law, in the law. Jesus was a tither. You have it in the book of Hebrews. And, uh, uh, and, and actually, I like to say this. I heard a minister say this one time, and it's good. He said, would God expect us to do less under grace than uh, he would under law. And so, you know, usually when I say that to somebody, they're real happy to, to, to settle for 10% when you start insinuating, maybe we ought to give beyond that, you know. But uh, but, but I want to make it clear, I believe in tithing. I believe that if, if we'll be faithful to do that, that, that God will open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing that, that, that we won't have room to receive. I really, I believe that. And uh, I also, I believe in giving beyond the tithe, I, you know. Uh, Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, he said, give and it'll be given unto you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will will people give back unto you? And and I absolutely uh, believe in that. We, 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 we should be tithers. We should be givers. And I've been doing that for, you know, 40 years now. And, uh, and, and the Lord has blessed my wife and I. And uh, so I want to make clear that before I start talking about giving gimmicks, uh, that, that I, you know, I believe in tithing. I believe in giving. Uh, and and frankly, you know, uh, you ought to go to Second uh, uh, Corinthians the ninth chapter and read that sometime. It's some of the best verses on New Testament giving that you'll you'll ever you'll ever see. And you know, you know, we talk about finances, and and uh, you know, we live in a, a economic world. And, you know, I like what Jimmy Stewart told Clarence on A Wonderful Life. Uh, you remember Clarence was that angel, but now angels don't look like Clarence. Real angels don't, but but he was playing the angel there, you know, and, and he told Jimmy Stewart, he said, we don't use money up in heaven. And, and Jimmy Stewart said, well, he said, well, it comes in pretty handy down here, bub. And, and, you know, he was right. 
you know, we, we have to have money down here to, to operate. It's the means by which we, we trade things and, and so forth. And this is an economic world and, and, uh, and money's a part of it. And, and you need to have money and, and, and ministries need to have money. And, and, you know, pastoring a church for almost three decades had to have money to, to build it and to run and to operate. And, uh, you know, ministries need money. Businesses need money. People need money. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, money's not evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. And, and, uh, uh, but, you know, so, so money does come in pretty handy down here, but we need to, we, we need to handle it properly. And, and much I could say about it, but, uh, but, but I believe in tithing, believe in giving. And money's a part of the, the world in which we live. Jesus taught about, uh, a lot about money. He really did in his, in many of his parables and, and so on. And so, uh, so money is a is is a big part of 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 our lives, and uh, but uh, let me say this, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. Be sure that you have money. Don't let money have you. How can you know if money has you? Well, you can know if money has you if Jesus, the Lord, the, the Holy Spirit, speaks to your heart. Now, not if not, not if me or a, or a media minister or a, you know somebody trying to gimmick you out of your money speaks to you. Uh, but if the Lord speaks to you, speaks to your heart to give something away, give money away, and you can't do it, then you know that you don't have money. That money has you. But if the Lord lays it on your heart to give something away and you can do it, then you know that you're in control of money. It's not in control of you. So, but anyway, so I believe in tithing. I believe in giving. And, and, and if you go to 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, again, study that whole chapter. It's an excellent chapter on, uh, on New Testament giving, but uh, uh, Paul was talking about an offering that was being received for the, the believers in Jerusalem, and uh, he said this in verse uh, six because you see here in this in this in these passages, Paul does liken the giving of money to sowing seed. He absolutely does, like a farmer planting seed in the ground. Uh, Paul likens the giving of money to the sowing of seed. Absolutely. And he says this in verse 6. But this I say, he that sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he that sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Absolutely the truth. And every man, now watch this, every man as he's purposed in his heart. So that's how we're supposed to give purpose in our heart. And uh, before we do so, and then he says, purpose in your heart, so let him give, not grudgingly. See, we shouldn't be giving because we have to, but we should give because we get to, or of necessity. And that word necessity means under pressure, under pressure. We should never give uh, as a result of a preacher or anyone else putting pressure on us. Uh, uh, it also means this. Giving from a position of trouble, calamity, or distress. And you'll find that, that there's a lot of ministers, if you listen to them, uh, when they use gimmicks, they'll, they'll, they realize that there's a lot of people out there that are listening to them that are in distress, and then they'll, they'll play on that distress to try to get people to give out of that distress or that calamity, out of the midst of that calamity that they're in. And they'll say, well, if you give out of this, you know, you're in the middle of whatever trouble you're in the middle of. If you'll give, then magically, somehow or another, that trouble will all go away. And, and you know, if people will listen to that. They'll think, well, we can send in the money and all this problem we're in the middle of will, will go away. But, you know, the Bible right here says that we shouldn't give of necessity. Uh, we shouldn't give 
you know, it, when we're in the midst of a, 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 of a problem and, and let that be the motivator for us giving. And, and a lot of preachers will use, you know, people who are down on their luck, we'll say, to get them to give to their ministries. And uh, we shouldn't be giving uh, out, out of that position. He says right here, not of necessity. We shouldn't be pressured to give or we shouldn't be, you know, let someone pray on us, P-R-E-Y, pray on us when we're, didn't say P-R-A-Y, but P-R-E-Y on us when we're in the midst of a, of a calamity. But ministers will do that a lot of times, sad, sad to say. And, and we'll say more about that in a minute. But for God loves a cheerful giver. So <laughs> I can't say it any better than that. And then the Bible says, and God's able to make all grace abound to, toward you that you will always have all sufficiency in all things and abound in every good work. And I absolutely believe the Bible says that if we if we give, it'll be given back unto us. If we sow bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. I, I want to say this, though. When it comes to, to finances and giving and, what, and whatnot, motive is so important. Motive is so important. You know, I can honestly say this. I have... I have never given, I've never tithed, I've never given an offering with the motive of getting anything back. Now, you might say, well, that's, you know, you, you know, we ought to be giving with, you know, looking for receiving. Well, the Bible talks about giving and receiving. I'm just telling you what I've done. I have never, you know, well, I'm going to tithe, I'm going to give this uh, so that I get something back. I, that's never been my motive. I've always done it from a position of wanting to be a blessing to a church, to a ministry, to others. Uh, not not looking for uh, uh, any return yet. The Bible promises return. It does. I understand that. But I think motive is important. My motive has never been a give to get. My motive has always been a give to, to bless. And you know what? From that motive, I've watched God. I mean, I've watched God bless me on every side financially. See, motive is so important. I don't believe we should give with a motive of give to get. I believe we should give to bless. And then all these wonderful things, give, it'll be given unto you again, good measure, pressed down, shake it together, running over. You know, all these things will go into operation, but we got to watch our motives, you see. But the point here is, is that we should purpose in our heart, never let a minister twist us or turn us in any way, pressure us to give. And then verse 10 said that God would multiply your seed sown. And I believe he'll do that. Absolutely. I've watched him do it in my life. He's multiplied seed sown. Again, I never gave with a motive of, you know, Lord, I'm going to give this and I want you to multiply it. I just gave to be a blessing. But then God, he's a great multiplier. He, he does multiply. And I'm going to say some more about multiplication here in just a little bit. But but I want you to know I believe in, in uh, God multiplying our seed sown. Uh, absolutely. But now having said that, I was watching Christian TV the other evening, some weeks ago, and there was a minister on there using gimmicks. But I, I wanted to say everything I said to you about what I believe so that you don't think I'm down on tithing or giving because I'm not down on it. What I'm down on, what I don't like, is watching ministers bilk God's people out of their money. I just, I just, from the time I've been a kid, I've never liked that, and I and I like it less now than I ever have. But I was watching the, the TV the other night, Christian television, and, and and by the way, there's a lot of good ministers on. There really, really are. There's a lot of good ministers, and, and not every minister does the things that I'm about to talk about. But there's a lot of them that do, and sad to say, they just do, and it's very sad, sad, sad. My mother, she'd always say, she'd say, pitiful, pitiful, pitiful. <laughs> that's what I say. 
when I see a minister bilking money out of God's people, I pitiful, pitiful, pitiful. It's very sad. But I was watching this guy and, and he was bilking, he was using some gimmick and, and, uh, 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 he was using, well, what he was doing is he was using Old Testament feasts and Old Testament things. I'm a little ahead of myself here, but I want to just say this since I'm on it. That's what he was doing. Don't ever let a minister use some Old Testament feast or Old Testament festival or some Old Testament holy day or some Old Testament occurrences to, to motivate you to give. And there's a good number of them on Christian TV that do that. And I tell you what, be careful of that. Don't do that. That's a gimmick. That's a gimmick. It may well have been true in the Old Testament, but we're not under that. We're under the New Covenant, you see. And, and those things, I tell you what, they're using that to build people out of God's, uh, build, build God's people out of their money. So be careful. Don't, don't, I tell you what, if, if I see a minister come on there and they start using Old Testament feasts and holy days and seasons and this and that uh, or the other to try to raise money, I, I turn it off. Just, just take my word from, for it. Turn it off. They're not operating with the right motive. I'll tell you that right now. Game, set, match, period. But this guy was doing that. And you know, the sad thing is he was once, this guy I'm talking about, this preacher, he was once a wonderful minister, just wonderful. But I noticed over the years that, that he started using gimmicks and, you know, things to get people, people's money from them. And, you know, the only thing I can conclude, because I've watched so many of them start out really, really with a good, good, right motive, good, right ministry. And then you see them years later doing these money gimmicks. And I think what happens, just my opinion, you know, opinions are like noses. Everybody's got one. But my opinion is I think sometimes their ministry grows and gets so big you know, the bigger the bigger something gets, the more you have to have to feed it. And uh, sometimes I think those ministries get so big that they just have to resort to certain tactics to keep the money rolling in to to uh, 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 you know promise God's people things out beyond the Word of God, even to get them to give so that they can stay on the air. And it's very sad, but uh, but so many uh, on TV don't do these things. But there's so many that do and not just TV but other media ministries but I want you I want to say this to you and make this clear this is nothing new these these ministry gimmicks nothing new if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 17 the apostle Paul weighed in on ministers using gimmicks and things to to, to raise money and so forth so this has been around for 2000 years <laughs> you know and you can even see it back in the old testament but 2 Corinthians 2.17 in the Amplified Classic, Paul writes and he says, For we are not like so many. So he was saying that back in his day, there were many ministers, okay, so-called ministers. He said, we are not like so many, like hucksters, huckster, H-U-C-K-S-T-E-R, huckster. Look that up sometime. He said, we're not like hucksters making a trade of peddling God's word. And so you, you, you do some study on that, read some other translations on it. What, what he's saying is, is he was not like so many. There were many back in his day that were hucksters and they were peddling God's word. Look up that word peddler sometime. That's not a good thing. And uh, peddling God's word for money, to make money. And uh, uh, for whatever reason, you know, 
And one, one translation says that they were peddling God's word just to get rich. And uh, this is not what I'm, what I'm trying to say is it was, it was no different back then than it is today. Just back then they didn't have TV and Facebook and all the social media. But, uh, but the, you know, ministers were back then like they are now. No, no different. And some of them, well, I say some, but he said there were many of them. And there are many of them today. I'm just trying to say not everybody does this, but there's a lot of them. Not every minister is a huckster, but there's a lot of them that are. And uh, he said, we are not like so many like hucksters making a trade of peddling God's word uh, just for money, for profit. Uh, I like what one minister said. He said, be careful about a minister who's prophesying money out of your pocket into his. Well, I tell you what, I like that. That's a good statement. But he said, we are not, like so many, like hucksters, making a trade of peddling God's word, shortchanging and adulterating the divine message. That's what it does when ministers go on there and start huckstering people and peddling and so forth like snake oil salesmen. It, you know, it just, it, it just, it just throws a, just throws a bucket of cold water on, on the message of the word of God. And it taints it. And it's so sad. And I've watched that since I was a kid. And, and it's been going on ever since, well, like Paul, he wrote about it. And it's so sad. And, and it turns so many people off. The sinners and whatnot, you know, it, they'll tune in there and they, you know, it's hard for, because I've done this before with my wife. So we're going to turn this on and go through here and just see how long on these Christian channels it's going to take us to find somebody huckster and money. And usually it doesn't take us very long. It's just, it's, it's so sad. And it just casts a, it, it just gives people such a bad taste. And and no wonder a lot of sinners don't want to have nothing to do with, with, the, with, with church and the ministry. It's very sad, very sad. But nonetheless, it says shortchanging and adulterating the, adulter, adulterating the divine message. And that's what it does. It's sad to say. But Paul says, but like men of sincerity and the purest motive, as commissioned and sent by God, we speak his message in Christ the Messiah in the very uh, sight and presence of God. I tell you what, I, 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 I have made mistakes over the years as a minister, things I wish I could do different. But this one thing I did do that, was, that, that I'm pleased with is I never one time, not once, did I ever uh, uh, bilk anybody out of a penny. Absolutely not. I've never, I've never done that. And I'm not saying that to, to pat myself on the back, but I just, I, I've never done that. I've, I, I just never have. And you know what? And not one time in 27 years did I ever lay my head on the pillow at night wondering if we were going to have enough money to run the ministry. Not one, not one, not one time did we ever have a financial difficulty in 27 years. There, there was always plenty of money. And, and running over. Glory to God. And, and, you know, if actually one mistake I think I did make is I didn't hardly say anything about money in 27 years. I would receive an offering every service. I never said hardly anything about it. I teach on it periodically, kind of like I am here today. I don't think I've ever preached a message on gimmicks quite like this. But, uh, uh, but you know, and the money just, just came in. Thank God for it. You don't have to... You know, if you're a minister out there listening to this, you don't have to huckster God's people. You don't have to be a peddler. Hey, just teach the word of God and 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 be a giver yourself. And I tell you what, you just you just and God will take care of, of of what He's called you to do. He really, really will. I I'm a living example of that. But 
Anyway, hey, I just want to mention so, some of the tricks or the gimmicks that I've noticed over the years. Uh, I know back in the early 1990s, my wife and I, we started receiving mailings from some popular, well-known ministries of the day and all kinds of things in these mailings where they were, what they were trying to do is they were trying to get us to send money in to them. And uh, I, we used to have a whole stack of the this mailings that we kept. Just we'd look at them every, every once in a while. But I remember this one, they sent us some fishing net cord and then they wanted us to send send it back in with an offering and then our nets would overflow and we wouldn't have be able to receive all of the money that came in and and then another one they they wanted you to take your hand and lay it down on the paper they sent and then trace trace your hand out and then send that back with an offering and then the minister was going to lay his hand on your hand that your traced hand and money was supposed to come and everything you touched were was supposed to to turn to gold <laughs> And uh, just, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, I remember that. And, and, or send in money for anointing oil. Uh, we've seen that. Or, or send in money for a, an, an anointed prayer cloth or holy water. And, you know, I, you know, like the holy water. You find out where they're getting that holy water. They're just getting it out of the kitchen sink or whatever and just putting it in a bottle and sending it. It's so sad. It's so sad. But we've seen all sorts of things, and a lot of times they'll have have you send in the money before a specific time, or like before midnight. There'll be a certain you know uh, anointing that's supposedly there that if you send in before mid your money in or call it in before midnight, uh, you know the 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 the, the uh, uh, increase anointing will go into operation and. You know, you'll hear a lot with media ministries, these hucksters, go to your phone, go to your phone, go to your phone. Why don't they ever say, you know, go 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 to the prayer closet or or go go get your Bible. No, it's go to the phone. What? To send them money. I tell you what, you gotta be watchful. But we've seen all kinds of things. We've seen the first fruits used, you know, give your first first fruits, but you know, like first fruits, you know, you, you you, you can't, for, that had to do with an, the Old Testament. And that was an agricultural society where people would give of the first fruits of their flocks and harvests. The New Testament doesn't link financial giving to first fruits. I can't find that in the Bible. If you could find it and send me an email and let me know. But uh, now, now the tithing has moved from the Old Testament into the New, but the first fruits, I, I can't see where that has. Uh, or here's one, they'll have you give to their ministry and then supernatural debt cancellation will go into uh, in operation, they'll tell you. But there again, there, you know, there's, I, there's one incident, I guess, in the Old Testament where, uh, where, where uh, the lady, you know, the, the oil multiplied and whatnot and, and, and she, her debts were canceled. But, you know, you know, go into the New Testament, see if you can find and prove a doctrine of supernatural debt cancellation. I can't find it in there. Uh, but beware of ministers that are that are talking about supernatural debt cancellation. See, all they're trying to do is, you know, well, send money to them, and then supernaturally, somehow or another, your debts will be canceled. No, no, that's not going to work. That that might happen in one isolated incident here or there, but that you, that is not a doctrine of the New Testament, and that's just ministers huckstering or you know trying to get money out of you. Beware of ministers that are promising you supernatural debt cancellation. Just take my word for it. Here's another one. Uh, there was a lady on uh, many years ago that she'd come on there, not just her, but others. And they'd use like, for example, Psalm 91.11, which talks about God giving his angels charge 
over you, you know, and then they'll say, well, if you send in $91 and 11 cents, Psalm 91, 11, send in $91 and 11 and then that Psalm will go into operation. That verse will go into operation and God will commission a special legion of angels to look out for you. I mean, <laughs> that's not how it works. How does it work? The Bible says there in Psalm 91 verse one, that if we'll abide, uh, you know, under the shadow of the Almighty and stay close to God, then the angels are there. Well, the angels are there anyway, bless God. But you understand that if we if we uh, uh, abide under the shadow of the Almighty, then the angels, God will give his, his angels charge over us and all that. That's how it happens, not by sending in $91.11 to a certain ministry. It just doesn't work that way. Or they'll, they'll promise you healing or a loved one getting saved if you send in money or a loved one will be released from prison or you'll find a spouse, you know, if you send to their ministry. I've, I've seen this all. It's just huckstering and be careful of it. And you say, well, Pastor Terry, why do they continue to do that? Why do they continue to do it? Well, P.T. Barnum of Barnum and Bailey Circus, he was accredited with saying this, there's a sucker born every minute. Now that's pretty bold, but it's it's something to think about. And they continue to do this, these ministering hucksters, because people continue to, you know, P.T. Barnum, he, he said it good. He said, there's a sucker born every minute. I'm preaching this so that you're not a sucker. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> that's kind of blunt, but it's, I'm trying to help you. But they continue to huckster money because people keep sending, sending them money, thinking that these 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 different things are, you know, are, are going to, you know, well, if I send in money, I'm going to magically somehow or another, God's going to send a spouse or whatever, whatever the case, or my, all my debts are going to be canceled. And, and people, you know, they'll send in money and uh, they'll, they'll just keep doing it. Now, you know how to shut these hucksters down and stop sending them money. <laughs> it's the truth. But they pray, P-R-E-Y, not P-R-A-Y, they P-R-E-Y on people. And did you know this, that, 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 most most ministries survive not on the millionaire that gives offerings. Did you know that? Most ministries survive on the average person and usually the people who don't have a lot by sending in the $5 a month or the $10 a month or whatever. And uh, and 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 ministers realize that. So, so many, not a lot of good ones out there, but I'm talking about hucksters right now. They realize that and they realize that you know, that, that they survive based on people who are in, you know, difficult situations. And, uh, well, if you just give to my ministry, then all of a sudden this money is going to roll into you. And so, you know, the $5 a month, $10 a month, and, you know, people keep doing that, doing that. You get enough people doing that. Well, you know, a lot of money comes rolling in. And it's very, 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 very sad. Like my mom said, pitiful, pitiful, pitiful. But, uh, be that as it may, the gimmick, the one gimmick that stands perhaps at the head of the list, and I've saved it for last, is the one that appears most, it, this one appears to be most scriptural, but you got to be real careful with it, and it's the hundredfold return. So I want to close up the message in the next however many minutes it's going to take me to talk about the hundredfold return. And this one is used uh, by uh, many of the hyper-prosperity. When I say hyper-prosperity, see, I'm a prosperity minister. I really am. I believe in God wants to prosper everybody. Absolutely, not just financially, but in every area. Spirit, soul, body, 
You know, you can, you can have a billion dollars, but if you're not saved and you're headed to hell, you're not rich. Absolutely not. You could have a billion dollars, but cancer could be eating your pancreas and, uh, you're not prosperous. You know, prosperity is a spirit that you're born again and filled with the Holy Ghost and, and your soul is prospering. You're healthy. You got good relationships, a good marriage, whatnot, and money in the bank. Now there you've got a prosperous person. But uh, a hyper-prosperity minister, I'm a prosperity minister. I'm not a hyper-prosperity minister. Absolutely not. What do, what do you mean hyper-prosperity? I'm talking about, these are the money hucksters now. These are, they are. These are the people that are talking more about things than they are Jesus. I said they're talking more about things. They put an over-emphasis on things and, and, and their, their house that they live in. I'm thinking of one minister right now. He really he can't go more than five minutes without telling you how big his house is and how beautiful it is and how wonderful it is. You got to be careful of ministers like that. Absolutely, you know, or watches. You know, talking about watches, talking about cars, talking about jets. I mean, you know, hey, I'm not against jets. I'm absolutely not against jets at all. Now I don't care to fly. I really don't. So don't. If you're out there, don't send me a jet. I don't care to fly. The only thing I'd do with it is I'd get in it, drive it down to Fenton to get the mail. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not related to the Wright brethren, okay? But, but you know, I'm not against jets, but what, what I am against, I found this, that it's all about motive. I found this, that, that nothing wrong with having a jet, but when ministers are, t now, just judge this, ministers that are talking about jets, I don't think their motives are right. I really don't. I really, really don't. And, and I'd be cautious of ministers. I really would. They're talking about jets. I, I, I'd just be cautious. Word to the wise should be sufficient. I'm not against jets. All for them. If you need them, absolutely. But why, why do we need to talk about them? Why do we need to raise money for them? Why do we need to bring that up? You know, they're, they're, have a jet, have a jet. But there's no reason to be talking about it. It just, it just is, you know, well, I think you get what I'm trying to say. But also, here's something else, hyper-prosperity ministers, and then I'll get to the hundredfold here. But uh, what they'll do is they'll look at just about every story in the Bible, and they'll see it through a lens of money. I know, uh, uh, like the, the Magi, the three, I suppose there were three wise men that came, three three gifts that they brought to Jesus. I heard the one hyper-prosperity minister said, he said, yeah, Jesus was barely born, and he had three rich dudes looking for him. Well, you know, and to give him gifts. Well, I know Jesus and Joseph and Mary, and I, they needed that money to survive in Egypt and all that. And I understand it. But you see how that, that, that degrades that wonderful message of the wise men coming? But a hyper-prosperity preacher will see the, the, the money that, that, that was given to Jesus, you see. That's where they'll put the emphasis. Or like Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Now, the Bible says he did it to show humility. But... Uh, the Bible says that also says that it was a donkey that had never been read, read, had never been rode, and and hyper prosperity ministers come in there and say, well, see, now this uh, this donkey was never rode on; it was a new donkey, so we should have new cars and new this and new that. You know, everything like Jesus's clothes. You know, they were shooting dice for Jesus's clothes. You know, when he was being crucified, and they'll say, well. You know, uh, Jesus must have wore designer clothes and, and all of that. You know, dear friends, 
you know, let's don't put the emphasis on them shooting dice for his clothes. Let's put the emphasis on Jesus hanging on the cross. What do you say? Let's don't put the emphasis on the new donkey. Let's put the emphasis is that Jesus rode in to show humility. You know, let's, let, let, you see what I'm saying? It's all about motive. But anyway, let's go to this hundredfold return and uh, talk about it for just a moment. Uh, now, the hyper-prosperity ministers argue that a fold actually is more than a times. <laughs> but let, but okay, but let's just stick with the times. Now, let's, if the hundredfold worked the way they said, the way I understand it, they, they say, give a dollar, you got a hundred coming back. Now, I've studied this for years. This is what they're saying. Let's stick with the times. One dollar, give it in faith, you got a hundred coming back. Now, if you, watch this. If you start with that, one times a hundred, I used to be a math teacher, so is a hundred. But then you take that hundred and give it in faith. Now, a hundred times a hundred, now you got 10,000, okay? Now you take that 10,000 times and give it in faith, times a hundred, now you're up to a million. And you get where I'm going with this. Then take that million times, give it in faith, right? Then you get a hundred million. Then a hundred million Time, then you get times 100, you get to 10 billion. Then 10 billion times 100, now we're up to a trillion. So let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six iterations of this. And we're now we're past billionaires, we're trillionaires. And you keep on going, you know, then you're to a quadrillion, to a quintillion, and you keep on going. And if this hundredfold worked the way they say, then the way hyper-prosperity ministers say, the, the economy... The world economy, not the United States economy, but the world economy would be exhausted with just one person giving in faith and reinvesting in, in the gospel the way, the way I've just given. Just one person. Now, what if you get two people doing it, three people, four people giving in faith? You, you, the economy would be exhausted. See, friends, it, this hundredfold return does not work the way that the hyper-prosperity ministers say that 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 it works it, it 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 just doesn't i mean if it worked the way they say it works they would not only have one jet they'd own all the airlines i mean they, they'd have they'd have all the jets you see what i'm saying it just doesn't work the way that they have uh, the way they have propagated it and just think of if the hundredfold return worked the way these hyper prosperity ministers say they'd never have to receive another offering i mean think about it if they're if they if they're given if they're practicing what they preach, it ought to be working for them, but it it it, it doesn't. And uh, but they never have to receive another offering. But yet they uh, they last time I looked, they're receiving offerings all the time. Brother Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen, he's in heaven now. Kenneth E. Hagen, he said this years ago, and he's got a book out. It's called The Midas Touch. You ought to get a hold of that book and read it. Excellent book. And he said years ago, he said this really threw a wrench in all the hyper-prosperity ministers' uh, toolbox. He said this, he said the Lord spoke to him and said that uh, uh, no one's ever received a hundredfold in all their giving. Now, you know, if I say that from here, you know, it might help some people, and I trust it does. But when somebody like Kenneth Hagin said that years ago, I mean, you talk about a bad wrench getting thrown in these hyper-prosperity ministers' toolbox. I mean, it sent them, sent them all reeling, and he actually called them in, many of them, and talked with them and tried to talk some sense into them. And, and, uh, and, and sad to say, they, they didn't listen. They just kept right on going with all these, these, these bilking, huckstering things. 
But, uh, but you know, no one ever has received a hundredfold in all their giving. It would exhaust the economy. Come on. I've had students in my basic math class that was making, making a C that could figure that out. You know, I just gave you an example. Let's use our brains. The Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our minds, not the removing of our minds. Now, that's not original with me, but it makes a good point. So, uh, uh, you know, Brother Hagen had some real good good uh, views on, 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 on finances and whatnot. I never saw him build money out of anybody. You ought to get that book, Minus Touch. It would really be a blessing to you. But what does the Bible say? Let me close with this. What does the Bible say about the hundredfold return? What does it say? Well, I, in, in Genesis 26, I realized that Isaac sowed seed in the middle of a famine and the Bible said he reaped a hundredfold in the same year. So, so again, you know, God blessed him on every side. Now, I, I, I believe that. That's wonderful. But let's look at the New Testament. There's two instances in which hundredfold is mentioned by Jesus. And that's why this hundredfold return looks to be very scriptural. And it is scriptural, but it's just not the way the hyper-prosperity ministers preach it. I believe in the hundredfold return the way Jesus preached it. I don't believe in the hundredfold re return the way the hyper-prosperity ministers preach it. So you got to be careful of these gimmicks now, okay? And so let's look at how our Lord taught it. He There was two instances where he dealt with the hundredfold return. One was in response to a question asked by his disciples, and the other was his teaching on the parable of the sower. So let me just go through these. Uh, go to Matthew 19, verse 23, and we're going to look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke's account of these instances very briefly. John doesn't cover them, so let's look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and look here and see what Jesus had to say about the hundredfold return. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Matthew 19, 23, Assuredly I say to you that it's hard for a rich man to enter uh, the kingdom of heaven. And I believe this was right after he had dealt with the rich young ruler. And he says, again, I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, that eye of a needle was not a needle like you put thread through. It was a little gate that sat next to the larger gates of the city. They'd close the large gates down in the evening, and then they'd let people, you know, keep the enemies out. They People would have to go through that smaller gate. They call that the, the needle or the eye of a needle, whatever. And or, however it was set up, it was a smaller gate where people would have to go in after dark, if, I, if I'm correct on that. I believe I am. Uh, but uh, a camel, when they come up with their camel, they'd have to unpack the camel and he'd have to get down on his knees and just barely scrunch through that. That you know, That's what that's talking about. But anyway, he says, you could study that out for yourself, but he says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter answered and said to him, Now watch this. See, we have left all. Now you need to underline that. See, we have left all. Underline that. I've got it underlined, bold, and, and highlighted. We have left all. Now that's important. And followed you. That's what Peter told Jesus. We left all and followed you. And he doesn't talk about giving money here. He doesn't talk about tithing or giving an offering. He just said, we have left all. I mean, really, that's, I mean, in the, in there, you've got tithing, you've got giving, you've got everything in there. We've left all. You know, I've left all. I've let my wife and I, we left all, and we went to Bible school. And I've, I've, I've left a couple of good jobs 
uh, for the work of the Lord. I really have. And uh, so I know a little bit about, just a little bit about what, what he meant right there. You know, it's one thing giving a tithe. It's another thing giving an offering. But it's another thing quitting your job and leaving everything and giving leaving everything to go out into the work of the Lord. And we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? And Jesus said to them, Surely I say to you in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of glory, who uh, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left, see there it is, left, we're talking about leaving, left houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, or wife. Now the wife there is not in the original text, but it is in uh, Luke's uh, account that we'll just get to here in a minute. Everyone who has left houses, brothers, sisters, father, mothers, our wife, our children, our lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Now, a hundredfold. Now, actually, if you study into that, as I have, I, we could say this. It, it, it really, a figure of speech, if you will. But yet he said hundredfold. It, Vine, W.E. Vine, you ought to study his dictionary. And he says that this is best translated not as a hundredfold, but many times more. What Jesus was talking about was many times more. And you see, what you have to do here is look at the spirit of it, not the letter of it. If you look at the letter of it, you know, if, if it's a hundred times, then as the prosperity preachers preach, then you, you know, you're going to get a get hundred brothers, you're going to get a hundred sisters, you're going to get a hundred fathers, you're going to get a hundred mothers. Now you think about that. Get a hundred wives. Now I got one wife. That's that's enough, that's enough for me. She's a blessing. But a hundred children, hundred lands. See the lands. You could see that. But you see, it doesn't even. If we're looking at the letter of it, it doesn't even make sense at all. But you can see where you'd get many times more. You know, I tell you what. I have many brothers in the Lord. Many sisters in the Lord. You know, uh, 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 father figures to me. You know, spiritual father figures to me and mothers and so forth. You know, you look at the letter of it and say, well, give a dollar, get a hundred and so forth. That's not what he's talking about. He and, he and frankly, he's not talking about sacrificial giving of money here. He's talking about sacrificial leaving your life, you see, and, and serving him. That's when the hundredfold kicks in, not when somebody gives a, uh, puts in a tithe or gives an offering. That's not it. But yet hyper-prosperity ministers will lead one to believe that that's what he was talking about. That's not, he's not talking about a tithe, not talking about an offering. He's talking about leaving everything for the work of Christ. And that person gets these blessings and a hundredfold, which really means many times more, and and it's true, I'm living proof of it. I mean, I've left all for the sake of the gospel and God has blessed me many times more. I can't say, uh, you know, do the math on it and say exactly a hundred. Hey, there's some things God's blessed me with more than a hundred times more. Other other things, it's been many times more. But, but you see, it's not the giving of a tithe or an offering or this or that or the other. It's leaving everything. And when somebody leaves everything for the sake of Christ, that's when this hundredfold kicks in, and it means many times more. You see that? It's not, I, I'm repeating, but I want you to get it. It's not the giving of a tithe, an offering, this or that. It's the leaving of everything. And uh, 
And that's when the hundredfold kicks in and then you get many times more. Real quickly, Mark 10, verse 23, same story, just Mark's account. He says, Jesus said, verse 23, he says, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? Disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard is it for those who trust in? See, that's what the problem is. It's not having the money, it's trusting in it. That's what you gotta be watchful of. He says it's hard for those who didn't say it was impossible, just said it was hard for those who trust in riches. See, because it's so easy to get your eyes on the money. That's what happened to the rich young ruler. He got his eyes on the money and he walked away from Jesus. See, there's rich people in heaven. How do I know that? Abraham's in heaven. Luke 16 tells us that he is. He was one of the richest men in the earth. You see, it wasn't, it's not money that, that, that's the problem. See, Abraham had money. He just didn't let money have him. He, he gave tithes of all. You see, you understand that? But that rich young ruler, Jesus asked him to give away all that he had. He couldn't do it. He didn't have the money. The money had him and it cost him eternal life. Absolutely it did. Unless he repented after that, I don't have any record that he did, but he was trusting in. See, it's not wrong having money, it's wrong trusting in. Jesus said, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, he, who then can be saved? Verse 27, and with men it's impossible, not with God, for with God all things are possible. Then Peter said, we've left all, there it is again, we're just repetition, seed of learning. He said, we've left all, see, not a tithe, not an offering, not tithe and offering combined in that, because if you're ready to leave all, if you're going to be a tither, you're going to be a giver. But the point is, he said, we've left all and followed you. And Jesus said, surely I say to you, there is no one who has left. See, there it is, is again, left, L-E-F-E, left house or brothers, sisters, mother, father, or wife, or children, lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold. Well, there it is. But that hundredfold is in connection to leaving everything you have for the sake of the, of the gospel. Mine's dictionary best translates it as many times more, non-mechanical, one times a hundred is a hundred, hundred times a hundred and so forth. Not that, it's just many times more. And uh, you get, you know, now in this time, now it's not just a blessing we get when we get to heaven. God will prosper you and bless you if you'll, if you'll put him first and, and he asks you to leave something, you leave it. I tell you what, you go out there and do it, bless God. He'll bless you back many times more now in this time. Not just when you get to heaven, but now in this, there'll be a blessing in heaven, all right? But now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mother, children, and lands. And again, you know, it's not, you're going to get a hundred mothers. You're going to get a hundred brothers. You're going to get a hundred uh, fathers and so forth. It's not that. It's many times more. You understand. And he said in the age to come, eternal life. Many times more is, you know, I can live with many times more. It, 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 it's right. It's, it's exactly what he was saying. But when we put the, put the mathematics of a hundred times on it, it you know, it, it, you, well, you can see, and then we relate it to money and preachers using that to try to get your money. It's so sad. Again, the blessing comes by sacrificial leaving, uh, of your life for him, not just the giving of finances. Luke 18, verse 24, Jesus saw that they became very sorrowful. And he said, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? Luke 18, 24. For it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard it said, who then can be saved? But he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And then Peter said, we've left all. He said, we've left it, followed you. And Jesus said to them, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left. See, it's all about leaving house or parents or uh, brothers, wife, children, for the sake of the kingdom of God, who shall not receive. Now here, it's translated the way it should be, many times more. Verse 30, Luke 18, 30, who shall not receive many times more 
in the present time and in the age to come eternal life. So, uh, so there you got it. I tell you what, if you'll leave all for the sake of the Lord, he'll bless you. He'll bless you. He'll run you over. There'll be persecutions with it. We read that in Mark's account. But there'll be many times more in this present time. The persecutions come with it. And in the age to come, eternal life. What am I trying to get you to see? That it's not just by, well, a tithe or sending an uh, offering to some minister or whatever. And then, you know, time, it's going to one times a hundred, hundred times. doesn't work that way. But it's many times more. And I tell you what. Uh, that's the way the Bible teaches it. And, uh, you know, I think in some things, God doesn't want to give us just a hundred times more. He may want to give us more than that. In some ways, you could say you, you limit God by just putting the times a hundred on him, you know. But I tell you what, have a right motive, give to the Lord, and he'll give back to you many times over. Now, then, then the second area that hundredfold return is, is, is brought up is when Jesus was giving the parable of the sower. So we'll close with this. Go to Matthew 13. Verse 3, then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And he sowed some, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some a hundred, here it is, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. And uh, he has ears to hear, let him hear. So he gave that parable of the sower. Then he explains it later on to his disciples. And look at Matthew 13, verse 23. He says this, But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word of God and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And then Mark's account, verse 20, Mark 4, verse 20, Jesus says this in the explanation, But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, some 100. And then Luke 8, 15, Luke's account, here's what Jesus says, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So you see, and, and by the way, I've never heard a hyper-prosperity minister emphasize the 30-fold return or the 60-fold return. Now, why do you think that is? Let's use our brain. Why do you think that is? They're not going to emphasize 30-fold, 60-fold. They're going to emphasize 100-fold because they want you to you know, give more money and promise you more things. You know, you, I think you get it. But, uh, but notice in this parable, he's talking about sowing seed. Amounts of money given are not observed in this passage. This, this is not... You know how I told you there earlier in, in, in 2 Corinthians, that, that, that chapter I asked you to read had to do with the giving of finances and liken that to sowing seed. But here, I don't see that, where the, the seed here is likened unto money. Uh, amounts of money given are not observed in this passage. The blessing is the producing of fruit in, the, in, this, in this, not necessarily the receiving of money. But you see... Preachers will come in there, they'll say, well, Jesus said you get a hundredfold, and, they'll, and they won't thoroughly explain it. And then people are led to think, well, if I give a dollar, I'm going to get a hundred. And, and, but, but he's not talking necessarily at all about money here. He, the seed is the word of God here, the word of God. Now, over in 2 Corinthians, which we talked about earlier, the seed it was being likened unto money. But here, it, the seed, well, it's the word of God. It's not money at all. It's the word of God that's being sown. And, 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 uh, 
And the fruit is produced as a result of what one does overall with the word of God that they hear, you know. And so, it, it, so you know, right here, the, the, the seed here, the sowing of the seed is the word of God. It's not money. You understand that? So, so understand what Jesus was saying about the hundredfold. If somebody hears the word of God and, 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 and understands it and pays attention to it and studies it and then does it, then they'll bring forth fruit in every area of their life, and they'll bring it forth into different degrees. Some will bring forth thirty, some sixty, and some uh, some people will bring it forth to the full. You know, and and uh, and that's what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about, well, give a dollar, you're going to get a hundred. So anyway, so I, I, I trust this has helped you today. And what I want to leave you with is this thought here: find you a a, a good local church ministries, whatever, that you have confidence in. And give as you purpose in your heart. Faithfully, cheerfully, uh, not out of pressure. And I want to tell you right now, you're probably not going to become a millionaire. You're probably not going to get a jet. You're probably not going to get a hundred, you know, you give a dollar, get a hundred. No, no. But I tell you, one, you're probably not going to get the Midas touch. I got to tell you a little funny story before I let you go. We were over at the St. Louis Museum one day, and they had a big old tree out there that they had made out of. It looked like it was a big tree. No leaves on it. It looked like gold. And I know it wasn't gold, but a big tree. And I went over to it. I had Diane, my wife, take a picture. I touched the thing. You know, I laid my hand on it, and she took a picture, and it, and it, and it looked like that tree you know, I kind of made a joke of it. I said, well, what these prosperity, hyper prosperity preachers have been saying, I guess it does work after all, because, you know, it looked like I touched the tree and it, the whole thing turned to gold, you know, but it doesn't work that way. You're not going to get the Midas touch by, by being a faithful tither. You're not going to get the Midas touch where everything you touch turns to gold. And by the way, study the story of Midas, that, that everything he touched turned to gold until he touched his daughter and lost his daughter. Think about that. The Midas touch isn't all it's cracked up to be. But let me just tell you this. You're probably not going to get the Midas touch. you just probably not. But I tell you one thing. If you'll be faithful in your giving to God, he'll be faithful to you. And he will bless you on every side. He really will. If you'll do it faithfully over time, you'll be blessed. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And I'll close with the motive. You don't want to be blessed just to have a bunch of things yourself. You want to be blessed to be a blessing to others. So it's not a hundredfold. It's many times more. So, hey, I might have preached a little bit long. But, hey, the good news for you is, is you can always stop me and then pause me and pick me up later. So God bless you. And, hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus, I want to tell you, receive him. There really is a heaven to gain and a hell to shine. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus with a repentant heart will be saved. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. And Jesus will make your life worth living in the meantime. So, hey, I trust this blessed you today and uh, shed some light on some things. And I love you. I really do in the Lord. And we'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.